What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 58. Today with my guest, Andrew Toy, also known as a toy drummer, sometimes online, on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. He's got a new album out called Guardrails, which is featured at the link at the bottom on Spotify. The song that's featured is called Sneaking Suspicions, and it is featured on this episode, which you will hear in a moment. But in any case, uh, I met Andrew a couple weeks ago when he came into the studio where I was recording, and he did some drum tracks for me, and they were pretty sick. Um, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of good drummers over the years, but Andrew's really on another level, for sure. Um, By the sound of it, he's been playing around the world for many years now, and is currently promoting his new percussion-based album. He says that he uh, uses percussion as a starting point for composition and sonic exploration, both in the studio and on stage. Andrew twists, distorts, and rearranges the sound of the drums beyond recognition to create soundscapes that are both intense and atmospheric. I personally sort of describe it as like if the Matrix was in the jungle, and that would be sort of what you hear. But uh, anyway, we had a pretty fun chat about his life and what he's been up to lately and all that stuff. As always, um, whether you're fans of his or fans of the podcast, feel free to subscribe or like or comment or any of that stuff. It always helps both of us out. But uh, yeah, just really thanks for supporting local music. Uh, Thanks for supporting Andrew's music. And uh, if you yourself have a band and are releasing new stuff, feel free to hit me up. There's always a chance we could do an episode. But uh, yeah, other than that, without further ado, Andrew Toy. Hey Brett, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Um, just getting my end of the audio going. Um, did you say you were recording? Yeah, that's why I'm. So I'm talking into the phone and the mic at the same time. Gotcha. Um, so, 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 so yeah, I'm recording my audio right now. Cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, thanks for doing that. I'm recording on uh, both ends, regardless. So if something happens, no worries. And I'm just putting you to the mic, just for a second, so you can sync up your sound. Um, uh, but, 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 but then I'll hold you away, so, yeah, so you no. just hear, uh, hear me. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm synced or or whatever. So um, cool. Yeah, dude. Long time. Yeah, man. Long, so, so how's it going? Not too bad. I just worked like 48 of a possible 72 hours, so I kind of feel like I got run over by a truck. But other than that, um, doing pretty good. <laughs> so I, I guess you you see some you see some action, right? Like like you got to like run into fire sometimes yeah i mean i'm primarily um on the paramedic end of things these days uh kind of don't do as much of the firefighting stuff anymore but i still still do work for the fire department so it's a it's a grind for sure yeah i hear you yeah we yeah we had one 
like last spring uh, our oven caught fire so, so we, we we got to experience the full uh you know mm-hmm. like the, the cavalry of uh, all firefighters rushing into our house <laughs> yeah that definitely sucks when that happens for sure but hopefully it was kind of a small fire or something i don't know it looks like you're doing all right there yeah yeah it was nothing it was it was all contained within the actual oven thankfully um no damage beyond that yeah yeah, I heard uh, Felix was saying yesterday you had to drum to a song that had like a 10, 10 or so beat or BPM change like throughout. And I was like, that's... Yeah, it, it was this young guy's track and yeah, I think he was more than a little green. Yeah. <laughs> um, insisted that I, that I play along to his demo yeah. with no click and also the drums were already on there. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, gave him what, what he wanted and I think he was happy. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you're probably the man for the job. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think. Thank you. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, basically, welcome to what I call the part-time rock star podcast. Um, as I was kind of mentioning before, it's just for us uh, working people who uh, you know are always right. kind of halfway on one grind and halfway on another, or maybe in your case, you're a little more of a full timer on the music end of things. From talking yeah, to you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the music's full time, but I mean, it's. I guess my other job is uh, my kids. You know, yeah. w- which you know that that's you know it takes at least as much time as the um, the music part. So yeah, that's kind <laughs> of. It's usually either one or the other for me. Um, at least in the past few years. Yeah. It's either music stuff or, um, watching the children. <laughs> you know. How many of them do you have? Uh, I've I've got two. I've got a two and a three year old. Uh, Two boys. Oh, cool! You're a new parent, then. Uh, sure, it's been an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely, it's a an adventure and exhaustion, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's been cool. Like it's been great. Like actually, like the past year, you know, just being able to spend more time. Like I mean, a lot more time. <laughs> yeah, know, but I would say under normal circumstances, it's been cool. Under normal circumstances, you know, when you got to go to daycare or preschool or something, you can be the cool dad with the mohawk still. But uh, <laughs> I guess probably yeah. Th- th- those days will come back. I, I think maybe th- this fall we got them signed up anyhow. So so we'll see if that that happens. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully, man. Hopefully these things will things will start coming back around. Um, yeah. But but yeah, really. I guess um, it's kind of your time to shine. Not to put the pressure on you, but <laughs> um, no. I just figured I'd kind of get your background and and your history and like. Clearly, yeah, you got a little bit of talent there on on <laughs> drums, so it must have come from somewhere. It's I'm just, sure it didn't uh, happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just all, all drums all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah I was listening to uh, your latest album today, uh, the one with uh, sneaking suspicions on it. I believe it's called Guardrails, uh, mm-hmm. which came out yeah, in January of this year. That's right. And it is an all-percussion uh-huh. album, which is, uh, I got to say, kind of a little bit of a ballsy move, you know? <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I, I like to think so. Um, and, uh, yeah, and just try not to make it a, like, a quote-unquote drummer's album, because yeah. I, I think that that's a, a pitfall sometimes. Like, you know, when I hear that, I usually run the other direction, because usually that means just, like, drum solos and just, like, over-the-top, gratuitous playing. Yeah. So I try to... At least my, my sort of thought behind the album and, and also my playing is maybe more of like a, maybe like a textural approach. So like looking at 
just different sounds that I can get and different treatments and you know whether that's like acoustic treatments or digital kind of messing around um, that is a little bit more exciting to me than just like you know crazy chops and things like that so it's um yeah I like to think of it as like like a textural kind of album yeah. um, definitely very like mood, moody and stuff like that but um yeah that's kind of a little bit of my mo I think yeah, I mean, my, I guess, initial thought was just, like, maybe you have some background in some tribal drumming. Um, I actually drummed or played in a band with a guy who had a PhD in um, some form of South American percussion or Caribbean percussion. I wish I could remember the name oh, wow. of that degree, but um, I kind of got some of those. Probably like an ethnomusicology is it something like that? Yeah, like, he teaches percussion at a school and... I don't know, from, you know, from a very layman's perspective, I'm just like, well, he's pretty good at the bongos, but I, <laughs> I don't really <laughs> understand it, it, it much bongos. further than that. I mean, it sounds cool. And, um, I don't know. I just kind of curious, like maybe you had a little bit of an interest in anthropology or a little bit of a background somewhere in there that sparked your interest. Cause I mean, it definitely toes the line of a lot of modern stuff, but the thing that probably jumped out to me was, again, kind of that um, worldly sound, probably, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I appreciate that. There's definitely, um, for, for me, like like a big interest in, in world music yeah. uh, as, as much as like electronic music and more like experimental kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I kind of dig just blending those two worlds and, you know, what other, other influences I might have, but... Uh, so yeah, I studied drums, you know, just kind of, you know, in a very traditional way, like mm-hmm. when I was a kid. But when, when I was in my twenties um, uh, and started playing full time and playing professionally, just really just getting into different kinds of music, meeting different players. Um, I, I spent some time internationally, just meeting other musicians uh, and then playing with them and learning from them, and you know, yeah. going through their record collections and stuff like that. So that, that that's always been kind of a theme for me, and, and what I always um, kind of strive for and uh, recommend to anybody ask it is just like keep open ears and you know just see what you can get into that you know just keep things fresh um that doesn't mean that's you know you're going to be you know like i'm definitely no like authority on like any kind of like um ethnic drumming or anything like that but it's definitely something that that i I dig and i I try to like absorb and and uh and play myself and it just finds you know things like that I think have a, fi- a way of finding their way into your playing, uh, even if you don't try. Like if you're around something enough, it just becomes part of your your musical sort of DNA. Uh, is the way I look at it. So the more kind of influences you have, and the more all over the place they are, I feel like it just makes somebody a more interesting musician. Yeah, no, I mean it's like I couldn't decide if this if it belonged kind of in the matrix or if it was just you could fit into like something you listen to while you're like out in the woods, and I don't know. It just it kind of has. <laughs> That. And it's kind of, I guess it ends up being like a double-edged sword because, you know, everybody says like, oh, like, you know, I can't categorize my music. There's no genre, blah, 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 stuff like that. Um, and I think the best music does kind of, that that applies where it's kind of genreless. But on the other hand, like, it, it'd be nice, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, you can help, like, describe it to, like, somebody that doesn't know what, what they're getting into. Um, uh, I'll call so, it yeah, uh, like, The Matrix and the Jungle. How about that? I like it. Jungle Matrix. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. That's, that's what <laughs> I heard in my... I mean, I did listen to it all the way through, so... Um, 
that was my my take on it after after I got done. So uh, I don't know. Thank you, thank you. And it's not what I expected, given that uh, when you were warming up in the studio the other day, just jamming on Pantera, I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's part of my background and like part of the stuff that's maybe finds its way into my playing in some like odd ways. Like even though like I've never really um, been called to play like stuff like that necessarily. Yeah, it's stuff that I listened to when I was a kid nonstop. So. You know, I think like even just like the vibe of something finds its way into your playing. So, of course, like my album, like there's nothing really metal about it, but I don't know. I, I like to think that some of that intensity is there, or some some of like the intensity in like uh, punk rock or yeah. hardcore music, uh, which is all stuff that I like. Even though the sound, you know, I'm not necessarily going for that sound because I feel like it's been done so much. Um, but you know, just just kind of absorbing just the attitude and the vibe of of something, I think. Yeah. Uh, comes out again in like unexpected ways sometimes yeah i mean did you ever get into sepultura back in the day uh, oh i mean imagine oh, hell yeah. you would have yeah yeah. So, they, they, yeah yeah they were a big one because of course you know that was maybe like my first like introduction to like anything that wasn't just like very like you know western you know yeah. american style kind of kind of music because you know they 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 would dabble in like some like in like the roots album oh like, yeah dabble was, with some like brazilian instruments that, and you know that came out when I was, um, I think, like ten, or like nine or ten. So like, yeah, I hadn't heard anything like that. So that I, th- I think that probably blew my mind a little bit when I was just like just a little kid. I mean, um, it, it, and of course down the road you get into more kind of traditional and more kind of authentic kind of stuff, and you know that just opens your your ears even a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, every time the roots kicks on with those those drums just starting off, you like well, no matter where you are, you can just feel that mosh pit about to blow up you know <laughs> like yeah yeah but but, but like like a uh, like a tropical like amazonian mosh pit you know yeah it's just <laughs> so primal where everyone just like loses their minds i mean i've been in some violent mosh pits but either sepultura or cavalera like when those guys get going man it's you gotta watch your jaw because <laughs> somebody's <laughs> somebody's gonna catch you in the wrong way or you just got to find the yeah i mean it it hits like nothing else i mean yeah. i think that's yeah just some some of the, like the best most powerful music is like that era of like thrash music yeah for sure i think we're in agreement there that's awesome yeah i mean we got to get together and just jam sometime i i got the uh the riff machine going for sure my actual main guitar for many years and to still some degree is the dime the dime guitar cuz me and my my brother my middle brother was a um, a drummer so we were fortunate ah, cool. to get to just jam out for you know hours on end, and he would work on Cavalera or any Paul stuff, and I'd work on Carrie King riffs or Dime riffs or whoever. So that's the best. I mean, sibling bands are are just the best. Like I kind of uh, I envy that a little bit. Um, yeah, that that's my hope with with my boys. You know, hopefully they they get on some instruments and um, keep each other occupied. Yeah, I mean, not to take it on a too far of a tangent but i mean sports are cool in that way too that i found with uh, at least yeah. my brothers because you know whether it was music or sports given that there were three of us and we're all dudes it was kind of like easy for us to get into the same thing i guess and i don't know make it more fun basically absolutely yeah yeah i mean that's the sort of stuff it's only so fun by yourself i mean it's yeah nice to have somebody your age that's doing it too yeah i mean what got you fired up to get on the drum kit at first was it 
somebody around you, or was it just kind of random? Yeah, so 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 I, so I have a, an older brother. He's he's uh, six years older, uh, and he was into all all the metal stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, just lives by like Metallica and Megadeth and stuff like that. Yeah. So hearing that stuff, and I started playing drums when I was nine, um, and just starting out, just trying to basically imitate Metallica. You know, just play some of the easier songs, basically. So, so that was that was my first like, and like like we're saying, just just like the the power uh, of it, you know, not necessarily yeah. like trying to be like all out like metal or whatever, but it's easy to get fired up, you know, listening to some of that thrash stuff and then getting on the drums. So, I think that's what kind of like attracted me to it, uh, to playing drums. It's just like you're saying that primal sort of like energy. Uh, yes. And then you know when you pick it up when you're young, like you don't know that you suck. I mean, you just like enjoy it. You just like, you're just getting at it. And I loved having just like big drum kits and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that, that was kind of like the, you know, my sort of like gateway into it. And then, you know, growing up, going through the whole academic thing and, um, you know, playing in different kinds of bands, you know, learning jazz and, and then touring and stuff like that. So, um, all that stuff kind of expanded on it, but yeah, it all started with that. Just getting into like, just that, that energy, uh, yeah. metal. Yeah, I actually started out on the drums until my brother got better than me, and I was like, um, this isn't fun anymore. I'm going to get better at this guitar. <laughs> so it worked out. But you um, probably made each other better, and, and that, yeah. that's that's the thing. It's just like you always play with people that are you know, one step ahead of you so that that pushes you to yeah. you know, not be the weakest player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty well-rounded for sure. I mean, Felix gets a lot of people uh, in and out of the studio. And I feel like it's, I'm always, my mind's always kind of blown each time because, you know, especially when it comes to drums, I don't really know a whole lot other than a, you know, a 4-4 or a 16th or, a, you know, this or that. After that, I start to glaze over. But I, you know, like <laughs> like anybody, I understand, you know, it's not hard to recognize talent. So, uh, oh, I appreciate it, that, man. Um, and, and that's a cool thing about drums, probably any instrument, but uh, especially drums is it's all rhythm it's all timekeeping it's all groove it's all coordination and dynamics so it's like once you kind of got those things going on and got a good grasp on on those things then genre is really kind of irrelevant um like like to me it's you know that's just like a building block yeah you know and it, it doesn't really matter what genre i'm playing per se unless it's you know it's something very specialized okay like there's something else that goes with it um you know, I'm, I can't pretend to be like a death metal drummer yeah. or anything like that. But, you know, but for, for a lot of things, it's just a matter of just adapting, you know, your, your timekeeping, your groove and things like that, uh, you know, changing up gear and things like that. And then it's really not such a huge jump, uh, I feel like, from, from one style to, to another. Yeah. So, so that, that's one thing that I've kind of, um, I've always kind of taken that to heart is just being open to any genre and not really... Uh, you know, crossing anything off the list. Like, if something's going to make me a better player, and uh, and I enjoy it, then, then then it's fair game. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. Felix mentioned that you'd been touring a little bit and definitely gotten around and kind of cut your teeth here and there. So sure. they're going to maybe just kind of right. ask the generic, uh, broad question of you know, who you played with and maybe where you went or maybe the sure. the highs and the lows. I don't know. Just kind of. <laughs> the uh, the fun parts of well, it. Well, the, parts well, the, the highs are the highs are always um, the music, yeah. and the lows are unfortunately usually uh, the people. Uh, <laughs> you know? yeah. But uh, not, I mean, but but there's been you know more highs than lows. 
Uh, my, my first professional gig, uh, when I got out of school, uh, I played on cruise ships for a couple years. Okay. So that was probably like the one I, probably the most interesting, I guess, uh, the one I learned the most. Uh, so, so, so I traveled around uh, the world living on ships, uh, went to 72 countries, wow. just playing, playing different kinds of music, uh, playing basically two shows a night for, for a few years. Yeah, it's a real residency. So th- and that's the sort of thing, like, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's the kind of gig that's only really good if you're, you know, you don't have anything else going on in your in your early twenties and and single and things like that. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it was good. Just you know, even though the music is sometimes like well, usually pretty cheesy. It's a lot of like cabaret style yeah. things and you know all, all that sort. But just being able to play every night and playing with different people every night, different musicians and learning new music just about every night, um, really probably did more for my playing than anything else. Just being able to adapt, being able to. You know, do a thirty-minute rehearsal and then do a yeah. an hour show. Um, so, so that that was that was good for me. Not to mention, I mean, just traveling the world and stuff like that. It's, it's good for a younger person to to do. But yeah, so so that that was my first kind of introduction to um, just kind of music, getting outside of my comfort zone a little bit, but also just traveling well, and adapting and things like that. Yeah, it kind of explains like the the worldliness again of even the stuff you're doing now. I mean, maybe that you know, plays a big part into where it all came from. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, it just becomes, I, mean, I think anything that anybody does musically, it becomes a part of them, uh, mm. whether they try to or not. And for me, I mean, a lot of it was not so much even like the the, the shows we were playing, but it's actually the other musicians I was working with. Because a lot of times, I mean, there would be, if it was like a seven-piece or eight-piece uh, band, everybody's maybe from a different country. So, you know, I might be playing with a, a bassist from Brazil and, a pianist from Poland and yeah. who knows horn players from the UK. But so, you know, you just learn something from everybody because, you know, everybody's got different influences, different upbringing and, and different record collections. And, you know, that's, that's one thing too, is just like, you know, sometimes off stage we'd be trading, you know, MP3s or whatever. Yeah. You'd be like, Oh, check out like, and stuff that I, I up to then maybe never heard before. So that really helped open my ears uh, because, you know, I, I grew up, in Delaware, uh, you know, about an hour south of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So that's all right, but you know, it's a small town and a little bit of a bubble. You know, I was playing a lot of the Philly is not a lot of Philly is not Philly. Philly's pretty cool, and yeah. I lived there for a little while. But yeah, you know, I was in a little bit of a bubble, playing similar kind of things uh, throughout um, school and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So just suddenly being away and playing with people from around the world. Uh, that was definitely uh, a huge thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I mean, I realize people's friends, family, moms, dads might listen to this, but with that being said, what what do you think like was the wildest, funniest thing you saw out there on the high seas, you know, that you feel that you can talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably not, not as wild as, as you would think. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody is on permanent like weekend vacation mode yeah. so it's like there's no like days of the week mean nothing yeah and you know and it's the same for the crew it's like you're, you're around that and a lot of people i think have trouble like keeping themselves in check mm-hmm. um I, i've always been kind of boring and responsible so yeah. maybe not as much but i mean you see people i mean just drinking like fish every night yeah. and things like that and cavorting and, and, and all that kind of thing but um yeah, it never, never got too, too crazy, you know, a lot, yeah. lot of party and then stuff like that. You and then, you, see you know, the, the, the ports were always interesting. Uh, you know, some sometimes we go to some more kind of exotic, sometimes kind of like scary places. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, nothing ever got too too um, out of hand uh, in my time. Yeah, never got the old syphilis. Cure it with the vitamin C. But uh, <laughs> do you uh, you see any yeah. UFOs out there? No, no UFOs on, on, on the sea, but I, I did see a UFO a couple weeks ago, but found out later that it was actually um, a SpaceX rocket that was re-entering nice. um, the, the atmosphere, but, uh, but we didn't know that until afterwards, so it, it was just like the most random thing, uh, six in the morning uh, near here, which is like, you know, there's yeah. NSA and NASA and stuff going on, uh, so it, it, that, that was pretty, you know, pretty crazy until we found out what it was, but so it ended up just being a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> well, that's cool, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, but beyond that, like as far as like the touring, um, I mean that's probably like where I got like the furthest out. Played with a couple bands, uh, you know, since then, doing a lot of like, uh, like festival circuits and stuff like that. Mostly kind of up and down the East Coast and a little bit in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, a couple times like you know go, going across country, but you know nothing too too extensive or like for too long at a time. But uh, yeah, just a bunch of different types of bands uh playing in a few celtic bands playing a funk band some rock bands yeah but uh yeah just all all stuff that's you know just hopefully just uh makes me better as a player and just yeah. adds that extra experience get to play any cool venues over the years anything that stands out anything that people might yeah, know I, I mean some of my favorites yeah i mean probably no surprise one of my favorites is 930 club yeah I've played there um, three times. Nice. And uh, that, that's always, I mean, that's why, like, so many bands, even bands that play, like, that potentially play much bigger venues always oh, yeah. choose to play there. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, it just has it all. It's just, like, the perfect size, the perfect sound. Yeah. Uh, the crews are always great. Uh, so so that, that, that was a big one. You know, a couple big, nice uh, festival stages here and there. That, that were, I mean, it's always fun when there's, like, a big crowd and yeah. just going nuts. But uh, yeah, yeah, there, there's um, yeah, nine thirty is definitely up there for me. Yeah, so obviously now it's uh, the modern times, I suppose, where uh, things are starting to come back around over the last year. I feel like uh, I think yeah, kind of feels like this summer might explode, but it also might not because at least for the larger venues and the larger festivals, I don't think they're going to be able to fully back or plan what they're doing because by the time the regulations shift you know the planning that goes into that i guess will have not worked or like i don't know it's just like you can't sell tickets for something that you're not 100 percent sure is going to happen so with that being said i do think things like on the smaller end are going to come back around um so i was just kind of curious if you uh tend to get out there uh when shows are around or if you're still kind of I know you do a lot of teaching, a lot of studio work, um, but I was kind of curious what else you might be into or what you might be getting up to. Yeah, I mean, right now, um, I mean, the only things I, I'm, I'm booked for um, a festival this fall, but you know, between now and then, I mean, it's anybody's guess yeah. uh, what things will look like. And even if, if things are opening up, I still think it's a, l- a little bit soon. I mean, I, I just me, but. Um, when it does open back up, yeah, of course I'll, I'll be all about it. But I wonder too, once things are kind of back to normal, how many people will be willing to actually go out and you know? I think I think that that might depend on uh, well, it depends on the crowd and area and demographics and things like that. But yeah, I think if things are done right, um, I mean, I think this summer we'll see a lot of like outdoor yeah. uh, kind of festivals and things like that, but like smaller capacity 
things like that. So yeah, I think you know time will tell. I, I can't really say what's what's going to happen, but I mean the one maybe upside of this this past year has been people maybe honing their skills indoors or mm-hmm. in my case uh, recording an album, which yeah. uh, may not have happened otherwise. You know, but you know suddenly there's this time which would have been for gigs. It's now available. So that was actually, in some ways, a good thing for me, and I think for a lot of other people, it's maybe a similar situation. Yeah. Of course, people doing more remote stuff, um, whether it's remote remote tracking or, or remote teaching or whatever. So there's there's been ups and downs. It'll be curious to see um, uh, what happens later this year. Yeah, I mean, as much as it's not much fun, uh, you know, not playing shows. Uh, I feel like last year was good, or like as far as just learning the tech side of stuff. You know, I mean, I did technically, I guess, start the podcast in, like, February, so maybe just before the shutdown, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have talked to as many people as I have if uh, things hadn't shut down, and um, I wouldn't have gotten, you know, kind of as good or at least getting better at recording from home and, and stuff like that, so yeah. it's been really fun and kind of rewarding from that perspective, and obviously having the, yeah. I don't know. Good. Yeah, and no, I'm 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 in total agreement there because it's, you know, you don't want to say like, oh, the past year has been great because obviously, like, you know, it, it sucked for a lot of people. But at least for for me, it sounds like for you as well, it's it's been great to kind of take a step back and not just like trying to like just hustle gigs together and stuff like that, and just focus on actually making music and recording music and then maybe other sides of things like recording and engineering and all that sort of thing. So I think yeah, a lot of people have. I think picked up new skills uh, yeah. over the past year. So I think that's, that's going to be a, a cool thing, you know, going forward. Yeah. I mean, I just try to look at the optimistic side of things like for, you know, right. wherever you can find personal growth. I'm always around death and dying, you right. know, 24 seven, whether it's uh, a good year or a bad year per se, it's like just kind of normal for me. So I feel like yeah. in a large way it was not business as usual, but it's just like, you know, it sucked, but I'm always looking at, all right, what's the next new thing? Like, what's the, what's the thing I can get better at and, you know, be, exactly. be motivated and yeah, driven yeah. about, you know? So, um, yeah, sounds like you, yeah. you got that album done, which is pretty sweet. Um, I don't know. I guess ultimately what I was trying to ask is just what's next on the horizon, I think. Right, so you know a, a couple of things. I, th- I think you know one, one theme is like always for me is always looking for something that's going to keep me excited. Um, also employed, but mostly excited about music and making yeah. music. So fi- finding new new angles, new styles, th- things like that. So um, of course, playing playing my own music live. That that's hopefully something that'll come back. I've done a couple live streams. That's all right, but you know it always me feels a little bit empty yeah uh but but my solo music uh, i do uh perform that live using a yeah live looping and things like that so, so, that, so that's been something you know i hope to do a lot more of in the coming year uh also to have another project that i'm just kind of getting off the ground myself in two bass players oh. actually so it's drums and bass and bass that's interesting um, so so kind of like live drum and bass sort of sound yeah uh, some some electronic some jazz some dub so 
kind of an interesting sound that, that and that's still kind of like tape taking shape nice so that'll be a fun thing i think you know by the time things are back to normal hopefully you know we'll be out there playing so so there's those things um of course, I, I'm always recording, always teaching. Yeah, I was gonna say like it looks that. like you got a pretty nice little home studio tucked away there in the. In, yeah, in yeah. The cave. So this is where I spend, um, you know, most of my time. This is whoops, I, I turned it off. Um, so yeah, th- this is my kind of like music yeah. cave. You know, just lo- loads of instruments and percussion for days. Um, so yeah, so this is where, where I spend m- most of my time. Yeah, um, if you can, just do a quick little panorama video and send it to me afterward, and maybe I'll just put that in the. Uh, the podcast somewhere online just so you know people can get a feel for it because it's legit so um, thanks man it's good to see it's good to you know have your own little place where you can hide and work on stuff I, yeah i mean i think that's important for for anything anybody does just having a, a space for it um, yeah and that had to be anything like extravagant or whatever but having a space that you go to be creative um yeah so and it's not just like i think that's a good go a good topic and a good uh, next place to go really is I've talked to a few drummers I would say on the podcast and um, you know I, I never quite know which angle they're going to come from because you know at least playing in cover bands and certain bands a lot of times drummers are kind of like let's just get the energy out let's rage like sometimes they're that personality but sometimes they're different and like a little more eccentric or whatever and I think you fall probably more into the latter category, and it's just kind of interesting, sure. like to see the creative side come out through percussion, you know, as opposed to, you know, all the keyboard players and the songwriters and the, you know, sort of melody people always uh, getting the credit for being creative, and it's like you don't really always think of the drums or drummers thinking yeah. that broadly, maybe, so. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the kind of like excitement and like all the that, that sort of stuff that comes with with drums. I, th- I think that's kind of always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, you know, when I play, I hope it's always exciting. Now, I'm not just like yeah. raging and play, playing drum solos, but you know, there's always I think that like kind of primal energy of like you hit something, you hear a sound, and it makes somebody move. Yeah, I, I think that is always there with um, drums and percussion yeah. to, to, to some extent. So, you know, I dig that. And definitely, like, when I was much younger, then, yeah, I would have been in the kind of that um, former category. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to, like, get it get it out and, and rage. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know if I got that out of my system a little bit or, you know, I've just kind of, like, moved mm-hmm. on a little bit. But I definitely dig more of just, like, also, like I said, the textural side of drumming yeah. and just, like, getting different sounds and different sort of, like, vibes out of uh, instruments or even just, like, not even traditional instruments, but... Uh, found instruments or kind of homemade instruments or ethnic instruments things like that yeah and just finding you know what makes them groove and wh- wh- where, where that sort of sound is kind of hidden yeah the so so yeah definitely I, I did kind of like both sides of it and you know i try to kind of uh straddle that that line between between the two extremes i guess yeah yeah people like unless you're in a band maybe you don't fully understand the importance of drums and just rhythm and the whole connection of a band working together but it's like the drummer dictates almost everything that's important at least you know it's like if the drummer's off time or just disinterested or i don't know just out of click or whatever it is 
the whole thing falls apart and it's people may not yeah i feel like i mean the the, the drummer in a lot of ways is is the bus driver you yeah know? so it's like because he can you want to make sure that le- yeah like maybe like if you don't play in a band it's like you don't realize like the singer for instance could be like super excited or guitar player or somebody and like want to play super fast or is just drunk and playing too right. slow or whatever and like yep. you know the drummer can totally dictate the feel and kind of draw people back to a center sometimes, you know, and kind of keep the mood the right in the right place, I think. And I don't know. I just feel like... I agree. I agree. I think... That's the most yeah, important like thing band setting. a good drummer can do is like, it's not even all the chops or anything like that. It's like the settling feeling of a confident drummer behind you is like, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's it's just a great thing to have if you're lucky to have it, you know. So. Yeah, and I I tend to agree. That's at least my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of people's too. It's like you know, bands only as good as their drummer, and the drummer is kind of like the the sort of the the rock that everybody else kind of relies on. So so I I would I would agree with that. You know, as as a sideman, you know, when when I'm playing uh, for other people or in a band or. On a session, that that's always the job is yeah. to to make the the songwriter sound good. Uh, you know, make the the guitarist or whoever's the lead voice, um, let them feel confident to do what they do. You know, let let them feel, um, yeah, you know, confident and kind of grounded in a way, so so they can go off. So uh, so that's you know that's kind of you know there's two sides of of the role, and most of the time as a drummer, that's what I'm doing. Like when I'm um, hired, you know, that's usually what's what's going yeah. on i'm kind of providing that sort of basis for for somebody else and, and that's cool I, I really dig that now when i'm doing my own kind of eccentric kind of weird percussion thing then you know kind of all bets are off then then, then i'm trying to yeah. you know establish a groove you know ha- have that kind of uh, you know that sort of stability but also kind of go off in all these other directions and kind of uh, you know just get some different sounds and some different sort of tones and rhythms out of the drums that maybe you wouldn't if you were backing up a songwriter yeah have you ever played any solo drum shows just i don't know yeah um, yeah I've, I've done i've done a handful now um hopefully more to come that that was my, my first gig that got canceled because of the pandemic uh, mm-hmm. i had a headlining show doing uh, my solo music nice so that, that's something i really started to dig into uh, end of 2016, I started to do that, and then beginning of 2017, I started playing some uh, solo drum shows, and that, of course, grew and grew and morphed into um, the album that, that came out. But so, so, that, so that's something that's it started out as a little bit of like a personal challenge and kind of this curiosity of, you know, can I use live looping and live yeah. like effects and things like that? Did that come from playing the Renfest kind of? Was that the impetus? Not at all, but I mean, I'm sure sure that that has had some sort of psychic effect on what I what yeah. I do. Um, yeah, I mean, the Renfest is fun, but I mean, that's just really just playing like dance music, okay. just um, jumping around with like one one drum and things like that. Uh, but as far as like the the solo stuff, yeah, just seeing as a challenge if I could put together a set of music, a 30 40 minute set, just off of uh, the drums and some percussion and electronics yeah. and you know see if I can make it actually like engaging and, and not just you know a drum solo because that, that's something I always like want to avoid like I don't want to just resort to I, I feel like that's that's kind of cheap uh, yeah. <laughs> just to resort to like some flashy like check me out kind of thing um, so that, that's one of those 
uh, guardrails. I, I like to think that I try to avoid yeah. uh, in my playing. It's not not to resort on just that like wow factor, but but instead try try to kind of create like a like a mood or um, you know just, just just you know actually have songs with, with structures and and shapes and, and things like that. So that's something I, yeah, I tried to put together or I started putting together end of 2016 and that's continued uh, to this to this day. So that's something I'm still evolving and trying to put together like a, a live show that's cohesive and engaging. Yeah, I was just kind of curious like where you would book or where you would talk, what type of places you would try to play for those types of shows. Right. So, so, so definitely not like, um, like bars and stuff like that. Uh, the ones, the place I've played so far, mostly like, um, you know, more kind of like, I would say like artsy kind of like festivals yeah. and, and things like that, uh, where it's more like that definitely fits in more with like, like an indie sort of crowd yeah. or an electronic crowd. Um, so yeah. And that kind of remain, remains to be seen. Like what's, what's my place in the, musical ecosystem <laughs> but well I, uh but yeah de- definitely like more like experimental places like venues like um like the, the pocket in washington dc or, or songbird um play- places like that um i think are more kind of up my alley yeah i mean again for lack of a better term i feel like just hippie places are like you know kind of a mecca sometimes for that type yeah, of stuff absolutely i mean like uh, arts festivals that aren't necessarily based right in uh you know like music festivals per se or like right. different different walks of life that are kind of out there yeah and, and you know some of the most fun shows i've played have been um like hippie festivals yeah. because i mean hippies will dance to anything and yeah just like get down without any i'm not trying to use or, it or whatever derogatorily or anything like that at all because i love playing hippie no, fest. No, I, I i know exactly what you mean um because I, I love it like anybody that's like open-minded and wants wants to hear something new and like legitimately yeah. um, wants to hear something that they haven't heard before. Um, mm-hmm. That would be my like target audience. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times that coincides with maybe like a more like hippie audience where they're all about mind expansion sometimes. So uh, I'm all for that. Um, um, yeah. Any, any kind of like adventurous sort of listeners, like, like experimental and you know this area and in, in, in Baltimore have great like experimental scenes yeah. and, uh jazz scenes and well, you know I think people are legit like hungry for for new sounds you know the time. city that comes to mind and I'm sure you've been there and I'm sure you know I mean it's Austin um like yeah of course like, I love Austin I know you got kids and a family you can't just break away like you used to probably but I don't know man book a show down there but yeah, I mean, it's it's a hip enough music town where, where there is sort of like a scene for everything. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, um, you know, it's not just indie rock. It's not just Americana. But, you know, I mean, there's, from from my understanding, my, my little bit of time there, uh, thriving experimental scenes. And oh, yeah. World like, music scenes, I'm sure. And a little bit of everything. I call it the, uh, the food truck um, ecosystem. So, like... <laughs> It, I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. It extends, and, and people, because like they, they know that there, there's stuff happening. Like people just want to like find good music and get down. Like yeah. it's just a good, uh, watched, good atmosphere. I mean, that, that's why it's so well known. Like my buddy lived next to this like food truck mecca, like basically parking lot, uh, for a few years, and like we'd always just walk down there because like there'd always be something weird going on for entertainment you know and like yeah we watched this amazing like spanish flag guitar player one time and it was just like wow <laughs> like, i just i don't know got a lot got a lot to learn yeah, i mean that's end. the thing i mean yeah i mean anything goes and you know 
people, I think, you know, have se- seen it all in some ways. And, you know, they're just being bombarded with, there's no shortage of new music. Yeah. I mean, people can just get online and listen to the entire history of recorded music. So, you know, just hearing something that, that moves them and, and for the performer, just finding an audience that they can connect with. I mean, that's yeah. most of the battle, I think, or most of the challenge. Who were some of your favorite uh, modern drummers or just drummers that you were stoked on before? Sure. So growing up, um, you know, beyond like the, the metal drummers that you know we've mentioned, mm-hmm. a big one for me was uh, Stephen Perkins, the drummer for uh, Jane's Addiction, yeah. uh, Porno for Pyros, uh, Matt Cameron in Soundgarden. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Chamberlain and Smashing Pumpkins. So, of course, you know, anybody growing up in, in the 90s, 90s rock, yeah. those are going to be some, yeah. yeah, those are going to be some big ones. And they're like just incredible drummers that were doing pretty complex things, but still rocking out. So I think that that's the key is like mm-hmm. there was always that energy that kind of like, you know, yeah. made you want to get up and break stuff. But it was still, you know, there, there was uh, some complexity to it. There, there was some, mm-hmm. some more interesting kind of stuff going on. So there, there were some big ones growing up. Uh, more contemporary uh glenn coche from wilco he actually plays his own solo percussion music uh from time to time and that that was a big inspiration for me um you know putting all this together and just hearing that it's even possible that you know somebody could use just these different tones and technology to uh make a solo percussion show Uh, that that was a big inspiration for me yeah do you i mean i heard a lot of electronic sounds in your album is that electronic kit or is that like um something different like a midi pad no so so, the, so that so so that's one thing that's um for you know for really for no good reason i try to avoid is i never really enjoyed playing like sample pads or like you know mm-hmm. like, you know spd pads or anything like that yeah. so all the sounds actually start from acoustic drums so, so that's true. something that i always i guess it's part of my um my process is everything comes from the kit but then once i'm playing it you know, I'm running it through all, all kinds of effects and things like that in real time. That's cool. So when I'm playing, uh, I'm listening along in, you know, in the in-ear monitors and trying to sometimes just make the drums not sound like drums, but I'm still playing them like drums. Interesting. Uh, and trying to get all the different sounds that you can get with just sticks on an acoustic instrument. Yeah. So that's something that really kind of uh, inspires me, this, is this meeting of like acoustic and the electronic world. Do you... Uh, uh, because to me, I just, I, I get the most enjoyment just like, still hitting things. I mean, it's the same as when I, when I was a kid. Like, I want to hit a drum or a cymbal or some piece of scrap metal yeah. and get some kind of sound out of it. But then, once that sound's been played, you know, it's in the it's in the machine, then then I can kind of mess with it and remix it and resample it and things like that. Do you keep so, it all... Uh, yeah. Do you keep it all in-house uh, production-wise or in-basement? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's all... At least, at least on my, my album... It was all in house. It was all in this very room. Yeah. Uh, I did have it mastered professionally, but okay. uh, everything else uh, I, I did myself. And so this was my really my first big sort of endeavor uh, with like mixing and yeah. and things like that uh, in production. But uh, but yeah, because like I'm mostly just playing drums. I'm mostly on other people's productions. But this is the first time I kind of did everything myself. Yeah. So it was a good learning experience. That's what's up, dude. Well, uh, usually I keep these things, I don't know, 45 to an hour or something like that. Um, I usually kind of got to make so sure. If there's any other burning questions, <laughs> now's, your, now's your chance. Well, uh, I, I feel like a good way to end is usually just like on shout outs. You think, you know, if you think the wife uh, might listen or if you think uh, whoever might listen, you know, 
I feel like that's it. Yeah, that, so, so I think that that that's important. I'm I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, I don't I don't thank my wife enough. Um, but yeah, because it's it's too tempting to say like like oh this this was everything I do is is solo and I'm yeah. an island and I've got there's nobody to thank but myself and you know you can get really kind of selfish with it. But you know nobody is an island. Everybody takes influence from other places. Yeah. You know whether it's you know indirect through just like kind of support or you know, getting feedback from other musicians and things like that. So my wife, you know, um, Christina, she's a great woman, of course, uh, and an author who actually wrote her first book during uh, the pandemic. So so we both had our our own kind of like projects running kind of in parallel. Send me a link to it. I'll Um, buy it. Oh, sure. It's a children's book. (laughs) I'll I'll send you a link nonetheless. Um, uh, It's it's a children's first experience book about getting blood drawn. Oh, wow. Uh, But it's... um, but yeah, so, so so she's been a great source of um, uh, support and inspiration, of course, and um, and just kind of encouraging me to like do my own thing. Like, don't wait on other people because like being always like in a band, yeah, things like that as a side man, you know, you kind of get caught up just like, you know, being subjective to like somebody else, and like, yeah. and if, if things aren't happening, you know, if the band's not jiving or whatever, then it's kind of like, you know, there's there's nobody kind of driving the ship. Yeah, so just in, in, you know kind of encouraging me to like just do my own thing like don't wait on anything just you know, do the thing that you want to hear um the way you want to hear it so so that, that that's always been inspiring so of course her um other musicians felix has been a, a great um reference uh, yeah. lately i mean i only met him not too long ago but uh but yeah so so like other other musicians um felix has been has been a great uh ref, um resource i, I should say uh, other musicians i've met along the way uh John Harmon, great guitarist friend of mine. Uh, Doug Kalmeyer, Chris Brown, great bassist yeah. friends of mine. Jason Molinax, great percussionist uh, friend of mine. Very you know, in touch with the whole like experimental scene. Mm. Uh, Joey Crosby, violinist that that I that I've played with um, in a couple bands. So yeah, they, these are some of the people that you know when, when I need a little bit of direction, inspiration. Uh, Jason Kiesling is is a songwriter I've worked with too. He's he's great as well. Um, these are people that like, you know, I'll, I'll ask for like advice or yeah. anything like that, or just a little bit of, you know, encouragement sometimes. And you know, sometimes it's all it takes. Cause you know, when you're working by yourself, sometimes it might feel like you're in a void, you're kind of floating. You're not sure, you know, like, is this any good or whatever? So yeah. sometimes you just need somebody to say like, yes, keep going, keep going. Like, don't even think about it. Just do the thing. <laughs> and then, you know, come out on the other side eventually. Yeah. So yeah, th- th- those are a couple people I'd like to shout out. Hell yeah, man. It's important because, like you said, you're not in a vacuum. So, got That's right. That's right. Got to give the credit where credit's due for sure. Um, and yeah, you know, at the end of the day, being a ringleader of your own own circus is more fun anyway. So, <laughs> right. that's right. And then you know, if if things are going good, it feels really good. And if if it's not, then well, you got no way to blame. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. That's it. Well, uh, yeah, I'll probably pretty much wrap things up. Um, appreciate the phone call, and hopefully, likewise, you know, maybe it gives you a, a little extra attention to your stuff um, for people who are interested. Yeah, man. Yeah, I pr- appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Um, I'll drop off a shirt tomorrow. Come uh, go down to Felix's. So that'll be waiting for you next time you show up. Um, Excellent. Right on. Other than that. Yeah, thanks for obviously playing on those couple tracks. Those should be done pretty soon as well. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hearing those. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. 
pretty uh, pretty simple stuff, but uh, I'm having fun with it. So it's good to have somebody. I love, it, man. I, I, I love support supporting the talent. You know, <laughs> that, that's what I like doing. I'm a '90s kid, also. So, well, I mean, I think you said '85, but roughly the same. You know, like the same '90s stuff. So. Um, we, hopefully, we, I share a lot of the same uh, musical DNA. Yeah, hopefully you dig it when it comes out. But if not, no worries. Yeah, I think I <laughs> I'll uh, make sure to. We'll see. To drop your name though in those credits. All right, man. Well, well thanks for making the time, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I appreciate you tracking stuff with me, and obviously, uh, we'll probably cross paths again. I would hope. So. I would hope so. Yeah. All right, dude. All right, Have man. a good, Thanks again. good evening. Enjoy your day. Tell the uh, the wife and kids well. uh, yeah. you're a rock star. <laughs> if they didn't already know. They don't believe it. But uh... yeah. All right. See you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take it easy. So, yeah, I want to thank Andrew for coming on. And thank you for listening. If you made it this far, whether you're friends or fans of his, I'm sure he appreciates it. The song you're hearing in the background is called Sneaking Suspicions off his album Guardrails, which once again, if you look in the podcast notes, you should be able to click on the Spotify link to find it, or the Facebook one, or whatever you prefer. So, hopefully this episode finds you well, and uh, have a good week.